0: Well, good morning. the guy, the band before uh, the the service when we were checking the sound they they liked that little intro they were jamming out to that it got them kind of pumped up right right Zach is yeah. that get you pump? Woo. come on all right hit us with it again case we need a little energy in the room here okay all right come on are we here are we ready for this are we ready oh. Woo. that's a lot of okay all right. All right. Well, welcome. We are starting a new series today, Suit Up, and essentially the series will focus on one portion of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll read that in just a moment. But he, but the what I want to do over the next three weeks is we're going to be looking at the real reality that we are in a battle, we are in a struggle, that we have uh, things that are going on beneath the surface, behind the scenes, all in and around us. That are not just like normal everyday difficulty struggles. This is a real spiritual battle that is going on in our world. And I don't tend to be the type of person that kind of focuses a lot of my attention on things. You know kind of like the spiritual. I don't like try to like over spiritualize things. But there is a reality that we have to come to grips with and think about and contemplate. Um, the, the world that, that God shows us and demonstrates in the scripture, that there's more to life than this flesh and blood. There's more to life than the 70, 80 years that we're going to live on this earth. There's more going on that, that, that we need to be aware of and ready for. Or else, if we're naive or unaware, it could be something that, that, that harms us or overtakes us. There is evil in this world. So there, there is, there, there could, this could be overblown, like I said. And so this is not a topic that I spend a ton of time on, but it could be overblown. I saw this on Facebook this week. Here's a little post. I'm not sure how well you'll be able to see it, but uh, it says this. So last night I was positive there was a ghost baby in the bed with my son. I was so freaked out I barely slept. I even tried creeping in there with a flashlight while my son was sleeping. Well, this morning, I go to investigate a bit further. It turned out my husband just forgot to put the mattress protector on when he changed the Jeez. Okay, I could kill him. So you see on the right, it's just a little picture of a baby that is like on the, uh, you know, on the bed, like covering in some way. And on the left, it looks like there's a ghost baby in the bedroom. And so sometimes it is possible to be looking for ghost babies and kind of miss the point. I remember once I, to- I heard a story about a friend uh, that was at a prayer meeting and somebody came in and was just, having a real tough time he said man i just i was under spiritual attack this week spiritual attack and they're like what happened and they he said my tape player On my radio was broken, and I couldn't listen to my favorite Christian music. You know, I was like, all right, buddy, all right. Like, that may be a little much, okay? That might not—maybe it's just a mechanical failure there, and maybe I need to tone it down a little. So we're not going to look for ghost babies, and we're not going to look for ghosts in the radio, cassette player. If you still have a cassette player, then that's your own problem. Um, But we— do want to be aware of the reality that the scripture says is that we have a spiritual battle that is going on. And so we want to we, we talk about that. And over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about that. And our whole series is going to be based out of Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I'm going to read the entirety of that this morning. But every single week, this will be, we'll, we'll touch a portion of this in what we talk about. And so this will be Uh, Where we kind of set our attention for the next three weeks Um, So, Ephesians chapter 6, you can flip along with me to that It will come up on the screen Um, Ephesians 6, verse 10, it says this Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power Put on the full armor of God So that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. So over the next three weeks, we're going to look at that. And we're going to look at the struggle. We're going to look at the different things that are going on beneath the surface, behind the scenes. And today, in particular, we're going to talk about that struggle. That struggle that is real. And so it is a difficult thing to talk about. It's a difficult topic, and it's a difficult thing to kind of get our mind around. And I will, I will tell you that it's, it's going to be a little bit of a heavy topic over the next three weeks, particularly today. Next week, I'll give you a little preview. I am going to talk about and give my thoughts on Halloween, okay? I'm going to talk about that next week. won't talk about it today. But it's, that's kind of the season we're in. So, um, but... It, it is also an unavoidable topic if you live in the world today. Because uh, some people, you know, at points in time have said, you know, I, I, I struggle. To believe in God, and I have these questions, and I have this question, and I have that question, and like this and that. And and I understand that, and if you have some of those questions, you know, be open with that, and keep thinking about that. Keep asking those questions, and that's why we are here, is to seek God and ask more and more of those questions. But even a step further beyond believing in God is saying, now I have to believe in like a devil, and evil, and spirits, that seems like even a step further. That seems like kind of fantasy spooky stuff. That seems like that seems like that's even harder to grasp. But the more you think about it and talk about it, the reality is is it's not that hard to convince us and to to really recognize that there is evil in the world. That is really that's not a tough tough thing to sell. Because if you pay attention at all to what's going on around the world, we recognize there is evil. If you, if you um, you know, turn on the news and you hear about you know school shootings going on, how do you deal with that? How do you how do you deal with that hard, difficult, unbelievable thing that is going on all across our country and dealing and, and like putting people in fear? How, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with, you know, like we've heard Uh, quite frequently in the last few years, stories of sexual abuse. I mean, I think about the the horror of that. They would be inflicted on somebody, and and the trauma, and the difficulty, and the generational problems that would would emerge as a result of that kind of abuse. And we hear about this, and we hear about it from, you know, kind of a wide perspective, and like powerful people, and things like this, and it's just like, it's gut-wrenching. We, you know, we, of course, there's always like this fear and there's always this overwhelming feeling of like, is war going to break out? Is there going to be something like that? Is there, there's this oppressive regime. There's people that are oppressed. There's people that don't find justice. And when you look at it and you open your eyes to what is going on in the world, it's pretty unavoidable, the idea of evil. It's pretty unavoidable that there is a lot of evil around this world. And it's some—it kind of, if you think about it, in some ways, it's kind of like when you go out. And if you go out, like, anybody like to go hiking? Okay? Okay. You go out for a while and you, if you go somewhere where they have like a few rocks, if you went and you take the rock and you uncover it, have you ever seen this? That there's like all these creepy crawlies all over the place, right? And they're like, whoa, who turned the lights on? And they all scatter about. And it seems as though more and more it's unavoidable in our time and our culture that like there seems to be there's moments in time where all of a sudden the rocks are flipped over. And you look at it, and you're like, look at what has been going on, and we didn't even know about it. Look at the creepy crawlies that have been like have been there the whole time, and I was right there, and I just didn't have—I did, I was not aware of that. And in some ways, and my hope is for most—for all of us here, that we have a life where we don't have—we are innocent of evil. I really do hope that. For that in your life, and there's a scripture verse that says, "You know, be excellent about what is good and innocent of evil." And that is my hope and my prayer for my kids is that they they don't have to experience and they don't have to like firsthand see that. But the reality is, is it is something that we can't avoid in our world. We can't avoid it. And so it's a serious topic, and it's a little more mature, and my conversation will be a little bit more difficult, especially today. But I think we have to address those things that are going on beneath the surface, those kind of things. Because it's something that if we completely and totally ignore, then what can happen is, is we can, it can suddenly creep into our lives. And it subtly can creep in, in and around us. The struggle is definitely real. So today, this is the verse I want to hone in on. Uh, we read the entire portion of Ephesians 6, but this particular verse is what I want to kind of focus in on today. Is It says this in verse 12. So I'm, I already read it, but I'm going to repeat it. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 6, 12. So that's kind of what I want to focus in on today. The struggle. This struggle that we have that is not against just flesh and blood. It is really important that you know who you are fighting against. That's really important. And it's an essential part of your life. Because, you know, imagine playing a football game and nobody having identifying jerseys on. Like, imagine having that, you know, kind of a setting where it's just like 22 people out there in the middle of a a mess and not having any idea who you're going against. It would be mass chaos. It would be a disaster. Right? It would be crazy. And sometimes we live our life like that. Because we know there's a struggle. We know there's good. We know there's bad. We know that there's this tension. We know there's difficulty. We know that we're like kind of in this little, little bit of a, a, a fight and a battle in life. Tight Life is difficult. Life is hard. There's lots of stuff going around us. But if you don't know who you're fighting against, you can, uh, you can accidentally be fighting the wrong person. And I've seen this so many times, unfortunately, in families where it's like the families are like frustrated, tired, angry, upset about things going on around them, and they take it out on one another. How sad, right? How sad is that when we realize there is a struggle that is going on. How sad is it when we turn on those people around us and all of a sudden take out all of our anger on the wrong person, and we recognize that we're, we're, we're fighting the wrong person. How terrible is that? You know, like, I don't know if you've ever encountered this, but there's been moments where I was out and about and all of a sudden I realized I was in a fight against somebody that, like, you're fighting the wrong person. Maybe it was on the road where you're driving along and somebody is livid and angry about you. Do you realize they are fighting the wrong person? That there's something else going on in their life. Okay? And maybe they're taking that out on you at that moment, but they've missed who they really should be fighting and what they really should be about. We all intuitively understand and know that this is a struggle, that life is a struggle. It's not perfect. It's not an easy path, that there is bad things going on. But the hardest thing sometimes is identifying and understanding who it is that I'm going to fight about. And so, so, what the scripture says here is it says, this is the fight, okay? And this is what it clarifies for us right here. It says, this is the fight. Now, now all throughout scripture, it says in other places, it says things like, be unified, church. Don't fight against one another. What are you doing? Don't fight against one another. Like, come on. And then, like, other places, we understand this. This is, this is basic 101 Church is the Creek stuff, right? We... We should love our neighbor, right? You, you shouldn't be fighting your neighbor, okay? You shouldn't be fighting against everybody else around you. That's not what the fight is against. That, that's not it, people. That's not it. And here's this clarifying statement. That it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is against these spiritual forces. Against these dark things. Against genuine, true evil. That's kind, of, that's kind of scary, isn't it? And, but it's really important. And so the scripture tells us in this portion to be alert. Maybe not obsessed. Don't look for devil babies. But we should be alert. And we should be aware. And we should know what we're doing. And know who we're fighting against. And so the struggle is real. That is a real struggle that we're going to have to deal with. And let me clarify even more clearly what the struggle is against. The struggle is against sin. And that, that 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 is that is the struggle that humanity has always had. From the beginning of time, the struggle is are we going to follow the path of God? Are we going to follow the path towards life? Are we going to follow in God's Footsteps, what God wants us to do. God created the world. It was good. God wants us to live in this beautiful place. God wants us to have a relationship with our Creator. God wants us to have all of these things. However, God gave okay, God says sin equals death. And the wages of sin is death. And this is this is the big plot and the big narrative of the entire scripture of the Bible is it says this is the battle. That we wage against. Is are we going to follow the path of God? Are we going to follow what God created us to be? What this world was created to be? Or are we going to deviate from that? And that's what sin really is. is It's willfully saying I do not want to follow God. It's a willful disobedience. It's a willful uh, deviation against that. It's a power struggle. Is what it is. Is it saying that I am in control and I want this world and my life to be this? And it's the creator of the universe saying the world is this. Let's be clear that the wages of sin is death. And that, that is what sin leads to. Sin is death. It is a dead end street. It is destructive it is terrible. It is not good for you. It will destroy your relationships. It will take your life. And it will if you let it creep in and overtake you, it, it it's going to it's going to consume you. And this is a spiritual battle that really requires a spiritual solution. Because a spiritual battle cannot be fought on physical terms. We can't just Come on, let's do it. Let's put up your dukes. You know, that is not it. And that's what the scripture talks about. And particularly next week, we'll talk about really putting on that armor, kind of those spiritual things in our life to fight that spiritual battle. But what I want to hone in on is this struggle of sin. Because there's been something that has creeped into our world where we just kind of have dismissed, in some ways, the effects of sin. Sometimes we have in our culture and our time just said, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big. Sin is not that big of a deal. You know what? It's everywhere. It's all over there. Just just have a moderate amount of sin. You know, don't, like like, don't just... Don't do the big ones. You know what I mean? Like the murder, steal. Yeah, that, well, maybe steal. A little bit. But just on your taxes. Uh, but like the, like the murder, that kind of stuff, the genocide. Yeah, that, uh, don't be into that. I can't be friends with you if you're into genocide. However, there's like other areas that at some point in time we've said, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And that's the struggle that we have to really face if we're going to look at the Scripture and take it seriously is that the Scripture tells us that this is a battle, a struggle. And it's interesting, the language that is used right here in this portion of Scripture is it is kind of warfare-type language, right? It's like put on, uh, like, armor in this day and time The people would be very well aware of Roman soldiers that would suit up and they were the biggest, baddest military force of their era and time. And they would show up and they were ready for battle. And if you see somebody walking in with armor, sword and shield, like perk up. Like, you better watch out, because this person with that Roman armor on had authority over this world at this point in time. And that was the truth. And so they understood that. And so the language here, I think, is intentional. That it says, it's like, it's like a war. It's like a beneath-the-surface war that is taking place for the hearts and lives and souls of human beings. This is not child's play, This is not just, eh, no big deal. You're in a battle. Do you realize that? How serious do you take that moment in time when we're talking about life and death? And when we think about, like, kind of warfare from a human perspective, like, we recognize and realize in that moment in time, this is serious stuff and people will die For this battle that is taking place. It's using this language and saying. Do you realize. There's a battle going on. For more than just your flesh and blood. More than just your life that is taking place. But something beyond even this life. That's even a bigger battle. That's a bigger battle that is taking place. Because like. You know what. If you lose the physical battle. Which at some point all of us will. Right? Right? If you lose the physical battle, but you you win the spiritual one, you're going to be all right. So this is what the language really says. And excuse me, and I already said that this would be a difficult difficult topic this week. But in order to kind of illustrate that, I could go through a list of a hundred different things. And I could say... This is a sin that is prevalent in our culture and our time. This is a sin that is awful and all of this. I could do that. However, I think to illustrate that point today, I'm going to talk about something that is kind of difficult and challenging, and that is um, sexual sin. Because um, uh, I think it illustrates our point and what we're talking about uh, specifically. In Proverbs chapter 6, 27 and 28, it says this. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So it's talking about this idea of kind of like compromise in some way. And this particular psalm is talking about adultery and sexual sin and people like kind of like going slowly down a road where they compromise what. The Bible says is right and what is wrong. And, and it says, kind of, this idea in this picture that if you kind of like play with this and toy with this, there will be damage that takes place. And so, even though it's a, it's a difficult and challenging topic, uh, this is kind of what I want to like pick at a little bit today as we think about it in broader terms as well about how sin. Really is destructive. And this is the battle that we are facing. This past week, it was fall break for our family. I know it was fall break for many of you, people who are traveling. We traveled to Oklahoma. So we had a great time in Oklahoma. We spent the week in Oklahoma, visited the in-laws. My wife's uh, sister's family, brother's family, and grandparents all lived there. So it was chaos. Uh, It was a lot of kids, a lot of people. There are 10 grandkids that my, uh, um, that, I don't know how how to say, 10 grandkids from my wife's parents. Got it? Okay. All right, 10 grandkids, and so it was running around chaos between the ages of, Twenty and two, they were all like kind of in one house, and it was madness, and people were staying over, and it was like staying up late, and all kinds of stuff, and you know, you you can imagine. All right. And what typically happens for me is like uh, all the adults get busy and talking and I'm like, I'm the guy sitting there like looking at all the kids like, who's going to watch these kids? (laughs) Uh, Is it okay if they break that? Is it okay if they do that? And like um, so it's it's a pretty wild environment. Uh, But we, we had a nice time hanging out with all of them. But as we were there in Oklahoma, my wife, who is an astute eye for things like this, noticed that the other person that we took on our trip, our dog Strudel, was there was something going on with Strudel. Good old Strudel the Poodle. So Strudel the Poodle, she noticed Strudel the Poodle had these little little black things, like kind of crawling around. And Strudel is... A white-furred little poodle, about 15 pounds. And we're from Colorado, and we don't deal with things like this. But my wife grew up in Oklahoma. She's like, Strudel has fleas. And I was like, oh, okay. What do you do you with fleas? I grew up in Colorado. I don't know. Uh, we don't have fleas in Colorado. And she's like, she's like, look at this. And she showed me, and she's like sitting there picking through it. And like, strudel is like covered with these little bugs that are all over the place. And they're like, woo. And I'm like, all right. So we got 10 grandkids. We got the grandparents here. We got strudel running around. And we got fleas. Okay, so this is... I love Oklahoma. Um, What a wonderful place. And so it's like, so I was like, what the heck do you do with that? I mean, what do we do? Do we all uh, walk around in trash bags? And do we, like, do we put strudel in a trash bag? I don't know what we do in this situation. And so Elise is kind of like, I'm not quite sure either. I was like, all right, let's go to Walmart and see what they got, all right? So we went to the flea section, and there were some very, uh, very helpful uh, other people that were there, and they were like, oh, we got flea experience. There was this, this young couple that was like, oh, we know how to deal with fleas. We've been in Oklahoma our whole life. We got, Don't use that one. Use that one. Use this one. Do this. And we're what in the world are we doing? We got some flea stuff. We thought it was like shampoo. We I don't know what it was. And we're sitting there reading this box, trying to figure, what did the people say at Walmart? What are we supposed to do? We're sitting there and I'm reading it. And Elisa's like holding Strudel in the bathtub. And she's like, what does it say? I was like, I, it says it, I, I don't know, I'm trying to figure it out, I'm reading a box, and Strudel's like barking, and like, like, everybody's like starting to itch a little bit, <laughs> uh, and so, so finally, we're like, all right, I think you just pour it on, and you just, you know, you're supposed to pour it on the back, and we started like putting it on, and we started rubbing it around, and I was like, oh, don't rub it in, um, and she's like, too late, Um, because the dog can't, if the dog licks it, the dog will die, and everybody else around us will die. Okay, so it was like, all right, so we better wash this off, and we tried to wash it off, and then we read it, and it said, you can't use any other product. So like, we just ruined our only shot at getting rid of fleas, and we're just like, we're done, and Elisa tells me the story. Hey, you know what? Once our cat got fleas, and we were like at her house, and took over the whole house. And you'd walk on the carpet, and the fleas would jump on your legs and just take you down and start biting. You. I was like, "Is this what our future is? We're just, we're just done. We're gonna bring fleas to Colorado. Colorado's gonna be infested. The whole house is gonna be ruined. We're just." it's over. And so we're like, I don't know what we're supposed to do. I don't know. Uh, and we called our vet. We call, tried to get an appointment with the vet there. And finally, the next day we got an appointment with the vet. We showed up and they said, here you go. Take this pill. And it was done. And it was like, that was it. Take the pill 24 hours. Are all, I was like, how does that work? How do you take a pill? And all of a sudden all the fleas die and it's over and that's it. But they just said, take the pill. And we're like, how much? Forty bucks. There you go. Forty bucks. Take the pill. And it's over. And it was, it was interesting that as we were processing all of this, it's like how, how, how this is so related to what we're talking about. There is a possibility for this kind of thing, the sin, to kind of just all of a sudden take over the house. There is a possibility for like this infestation to come in and all of a sudden you realize or maybe don't realize the house has been taken over by something. Let me just tell you that each and every one of us have a responsibility to our families and to our homes and to to what even beyond our homes to make sure that there is an infestation that takes takes hold of our house. That there's not something that starts to creep in and take over. That there isn't something that just kind of starts to slide in and come in and take over. And I think about particularly how this has emerged in our culture and our time where every single day streamed into every single one of our houses, into our cell phones, into our TVs, into everything else is terrible, horrible pictures of like things that that shouldn't be displayed. Horrible things that can creep in and and settle in, and the scripture says, "Can a man scoop fire onto his lap without being burned?" What in the world can you think? Can you can, do you think that you can allow things to creep into your home without it having effect? A rock that has been turned over in our time, in our era, is that we've seen that there's been beneath the surface, behind the scenes, people. Who have been like seriously harmed and abused sexually that has been like something that has been taking place beneath the surface behind the scenes where all of a sudden we 're like, really, this has been taking place, and we 've allowed this to kind of like happen what happened and and you think about the the temptation that we face uniquely in our time that no other generation had to. That right now, it's just kind of streamed into our house. Never had to face this. The reality is, and this is something that, like, I think has has snuck into our culture and time as a bigger illustration of sin, how it can infest a house, is that, like, the reality is, is there's pornographic images and things like that that, like, are prevalent to the point where our culture has said, it doesn't matter anymore. And we have to stop and call time out and say, really? It doesn't matter And I stop and I think, and this this has been something that has been really close to my heart, is I stop and I think about my kids. And I think about my kids and I think about images that are displayed everywhere as if it's no big deal. And could I imagine how heartbroken I would be if those images were of my own children? how destructive that would personally be for me and what is in the world is going on in somebody's life that that would be okay for them to like display those kinds of pictures and live that kind of a life how, what, what's happened do we think that people who are involved in kind of like these type of industries you think that that's a healthy thing for them you think that this is good Do we think that this is like something that is going to lead them closer to God? Do we think that this is something that will lead towards life? Or do we think that this is something that is devouring people and unfortunately taking people's hearts, souls, lives and leading to death? Right? And interestingly enough, in our culture in our time, because this is how insidious and infectious sin is, we've allowed this kind of a sin to creep into our culture and said it's not a big deal. When we realize and know if we really think about it, they're just lives being swept up and taken away with this kind of stuff. It's not all right. And for some reason or another, sometimes we say it's okay. And So if you think about that image or that picture in light of that topic, you can apply it to any others. But really in this, we have to really ask ourselves as the church, have we, like, have we just said or have we just given up the battle and just said it's not a big deal that people's lives around us are being devoured? Can you imagine? There's runaways and strays that are being you know, like, recruited for these kind of industries. How horrible, right? Can you imagine a kid in a difficult spot, like, looking for some kind of something, and this is, like, what they find themselves in? How horrible. Like, this cannot be a part of... This should not be something that, like, is okay with us in our world. But some, t- some point in time, in our culture and time, we've said, well... Like, it's just a picture, just an image, not just that big of a deal. You understand, the wages of sin is really, really death. The wages of sin devours and sucks the life out of people and ultimately leads to death. It's a spiritual battle that is taking place, and there is something that is really important that we have to do. We have to say, it will not infect my home. It will not come into my home. And even if if this is a struggle and a battle and something that I've struggled with or battled with, it's something that I need to cry out to God and say, God, help me, because I do not want this to infect my home. I do not want this to come into my home and be something that all of a sudden is okay and, like, it's running rampant all over the place. No, you have to go and get the remedy to the solution. And that is a spiritual answer. And you know what's interesting is we went to the you know vet and they just gave us a pill and said it's over, it just seemed too simple. But the reality is, is you need a spiritual solution to a spiritual problem. Do not think that like you are just battling something that's just a flesh and blood deal. That I'm going to just drip my teeth and overcome it. It's going to, like, it can slide in my life a little bit. Let me just be very clear. The carpet will be covered. There will be jumping on your legs and in your bed. And it will take over your life. It really will. It's not like a fear thing. It's not that. It is a real thing. And that's what the scripture is saying. With sadness in the voice, a warning saying, realize what the fight is. The fight is against, not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle for our souls. Are you going to let sin creep in? Are you going to allow sin to fester and multiply and continue to go and expect yourself not to be harmed from? Or expect your family not to be harmed from it. We live in perilous times. We live in difficult times to protect our families and protect ourselves from sin. And this is this is really important in our day and in our culture. And if, if you don't think like some of these things are evil, they are. And we, the rock has been lifted. And we can see... There are people being completely destroyed by these things, by these kinds of sins. And so in the first thing we have to really recognize and grasp is that the the battle is real. This is a real battle. This is a real battle against spiritual forces in our life. And we have to identify and call out and recognize what it is that we're in the middle of. We have to identify and recognize what it is that we're struggling against. It's sin. We are doing things sometimes and we're allowing things into our home sometimes that will take our life away. That will consume us. And when we come to the point where we recognize there is really is a battle going on. And sin is really what the battle is against. And this is going to take my life and it can take and devour who I am and my soul. Then we can start to get help. But if we live in a world where we never recognize what the problem is, we can never find the solution we never like identify that the struggle is real a very scary place that i think we can find ourselves in as we the older we get is we can find ourselves in a place where no longer we feel guilty that we find ourselves in a place where you know what maybe when i was 12 years old i felt guilty when i did this or that but no longer do i feel guilty because it's become so repetitive and routine a part of my life that no longer do I, like, I feel any kind of remorse or, or sorrow about that. That is a really dangerous spiritual place to be. A place where our heart has kind of been so hard that we no longer hear the voice of God convicting us that there's something wrong going on in our life. Because let's be very, very clear. When you feel wrong or guilty about something, I believe that is the grace of God. In your life. That is God's grace. Giving you like deep down inside our soul. Recognizing and realizing. This is not right. This is this is not right. And this is something that is bad. This is something that is. And you know what? There are points in time in our life. Where we've felt that. And we've known that. And we've recognized that. But the reality is. Sometimes over time. We, didn't, we no longer hear that voice anymore. And it's really important for us to get back to. And say. God. I want to hear that voice, and I realize the struggle, and I realize what is sin, and I will repent of that, and I feel sorry for that. It doesn't mean that we'll live a life where sin never creeps in or the struggle doesn't continue, but it should be something that our heart is soft and sensitive to what is sin and what is not. What is good and what is bad? What is God's voice and what is the world's voice? If our heart isn't sensitive to that, then in some ways, we don't know what battle we're fighting. And we've already lost. Because we, 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 we don't know who we're fighting against. And so the remedy is clear that we have to go to find a spiritual solution and humble our hearts and confess and cry out and say, God, help me. I am in a spiritual battle, and I do not want it to take over my life and my home, and I need a solution. And so if you're in a battle right now, we're glad that at least you know what battle you're in. If you're in a battle right now, the answer is to go and understand, go to the God of the universe. And the God of the universe that can fight a spiritual battle and overcome all of the stuff that is going on, go to that source. Go to that source. And get help. But first and foremost, let's be really clear. We're in a struggle. And the struggle is against sin. And the wages of sin is death. Will you join me in prayer? God, these are weighty matters and difficult things in our time. Because it's so easy to just let things creep into our hearts and our lives, but... God, we recognize if we really think about it, if we really pray about it, if we really humble ourselves, we recognize sin is destructive. And even if the whole world decides that it's okay, God, help our hearts to be soft, help our eyes to be open, that there's a spiritual battle going on. And we're not going to allow ourselves just to be overtaken or our families to be overtaken. Or just let it just kind of continue on without any solution. God, help us, we pray. And so God is, I know that you weep and you are crying out to try to get our attention, to, to hear your voice. Help our hearts to be soft. Help us to recognize and understand what is sin and what is your path. God, what is right and what is wrong? What is good? What is evil? Help us to realize the battle that we're in. And God, right now in this room, I know that every single one of us in this room are right in the middle of that struggle and that fight. And I know, God, we can't do it alone. And so, God, I pray that right now we would humble ourselves and say, God... We need a spiritual solution. We would turn to you and look for an answer beyond ourselves because, God, we know we can't fight this alone. I want to invite you on your own right now just to take a moment. And if there is something in your life that you have allowed to kind of fester to to infiltrate your life in a way the thing to do the appropriate thing to do is right now confess that to God because whether or not you admit it God knows and the only way to start the process towards getting rid of it is to seek a spiritual solution to seek the God of the universe to do what God tells us to do confess your sins Cry out to God, Ask God to help you. And so right now, if there's something in your life that you maybe have like pushed aside, one of those things that like you wouldn't even like to admit that is a part of your life, something that you had kind of justified or pacified in your life, said, "It's okay, no big deal, right now, let's get honest and be open and say, "God, that's not okay. God, I know that. That's sin. I'm not going to allow it. God, I don't want it to overtake me. Cry out to God, the God of the universe. Ask God to help you confess your sin. And let God intervene in your life right now. Confess those sins to God as we prepare for our time of communion.